0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the Awful and Awesome Entertainment Rap.
1: Hello, hello and you're listening to the Awful and Awesome Entertainment Rap with me, Dipanjana Pal. And me, Rajesh Sen. We have so many awesome women today that, you know, you and I are almost extra on this podcast. We have Bridget Jones. We have three exotic Indian women in Parched. We have... Aishwarya and Anushka Sharma from ADHM which is Ae Dil Hai I take great joy from making you speak Hindi um, we have uh, Angelina Jolie naturally because this we cannot go past without talking yeah. about Angelina Jolie and also we've got the Amanda Knox trailer that who's a to.
0: wonderful woman if ever there was one <laughs> this is saying. a
1: woman who's been to prison Just saying. (laughs) With maybe good reason, but we'll get into that. And finally, we're going to talk about the Audi RS7 ad, which both Rajshree and I are huge fans of, despite the fact that it was only released a couple of hours ago. Did you read Bridget Jones, Sri? Bridget Jones' Diary, I have The first one, Helen Fielding. Yeah. And did you like her did you was she speaking to you
0: No not really but <laughs> but it was a fun read and the first film was really nice I had thought it was a real blast and it was nice because it was this actress who was like the character was a normal looking woman It was woman. also Renée
1: Zellweger in a normal
0: body yeah. shape which I don't think we'd seen in Hollywood in a while Exactly and she used to be really slim uh, because Jerry Maguire came out before So, uh, no, so it was a nicely made film. The character was very interesting. It was well written. It had funny lines. It had good looking men. Very nice looking men. Yes.
1: Um, But she was also sort of like, you know, much later, many, many years later, Lena Dunham in Girls would say that uh, I could be one of the voices of my generation. It's a famous line from Girls. Bridget Jones was like one of the voices of our generation, right? Um, Whether or not you have done yo-yo dieting and whether or not you know how to pronounce Chechnya, um, she just embodied so many things that
0: we felt we could relate to. And she wasn't uh, very young in the film. She was 30, right? In the first film, she was turning 30 or she'd become 30, I think. She was turning Turning 30. Turning 30. So, uh, so that was the other thing which was nice because it wasn't this 25-year-old coming up. Yet, yeah, right? not Sex this... and the City also had these interesting women but they, were, they started off in their 20s and then... And not just that, they were glamorous yeah. which
1: Bridget Jones just never was. So, there have been three Bridget Jones films. Yeah. The first one was undoubtedly the best directed by Sharon Maguire and I think there was a lot of excitement for this new one because Sharon Maguire has directed it again. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a...
0: Mm. No, so it was fun. I thought I went to see Bridget Jones because I knew that it would be fun and there'd be stuff. At least I hope there'd be stuff to laugh at. And there were good looking men again. There was Patrick Dempsey. So basically, Bridget Jones, this is Bridget Jones's baby. And as in the film's name is Bridget Jones's baby. And in the earlier two, she meets... So she, first
1: she met Mark Darcy. Yeah. Which was the first one and by far the best one. Which is Colin Firth plays Mark Darcy. Delicious. And Daniel Cleaver is the other guy. Is her boss. Yeah. And And the other guy played by Hugh Grant. Yeah. Um, So Daniel Cleaver had to be killed off for this one because Hugh Grant said, I've had enough.
0: So it started with Daniel Cleaver... as in they've gone for his funeral and uh, so here's the space which he leaves vacant is filled by Patrick Dempsey who's also very good looking and it's a fun film she wants to be a single mother so that way it starts off Well, in the sense that it's all very feminist that she's working and she wants to be a single mother. She doesn't see the need to have a man in her life, to have a baby with. And her mother's also quite progressive about the whole thing because her mother calls her and tells her, you can get sperm from here or there and so on. But what happens during the film, which I felt was a little sad, is that it suddenly devolves into, like, it's the ideal traditional life. So she gets... are we giving the it's okay they'll survive yeah so she finally does get married and she has a baby and she basically lives up to stereotype yeah right and uh, this
1: is sad because the first Bridget Jones was fun because she was so self aware
0: this one aside from not being self aware is also repeating mama mia and there's no irony in anything so the first one that's what was good there was a lot of irony there was and it was funny it It was not straight out funny. There were layers to the humor, which isn't there in the current one. But it's a fun watch. I felt you go. You should go without expectations of it having deeper meaning. Because I think they've also given up on having deeper meaning. But what's sad is that it's written by one of the writers. So there are three writers. There's Helen Fielding. There's uh, Dan Mazer who wrote the first and maybe the second one. I'm not sure. And Emma Thompson. So
1: Emma Thompson was brought in because the cast complained about how bad the script was. Now
0: imagine this happening in India. Because they'd say, are they a script? This in itself is a miracle. So if you think Bridget Jones is
1: stereotypical, I want to know what you would think of the women in Parched.
0: I haven't watched the film, but I have no, seen but I every have... promo, every interview, read every review because I really wanted to go and see this film. Because I'd like
1: to just uh, make this very clear that we're not reviewing Parched yeah. because neither of us have seen it. But I would like to uh, point out the fact that I really wanted to see yeah. it until I saw the promotional material. In general, and uh, the YouTube clip that is given at the bottom of this podcast in particular. So
0: now the thing is, we usually criticize uh, whatever, whether it's a raz or a murder and all these, you know, the slightly strange, uh, the horror genre, because they like to show these actresses who poor things are not getting roles elsewhere, they first... Get murder and raz and so on. And then they show a little tits and ass kind of thing. And they, they say are titillating. Titillating in the truest sense. So when a film like... And we are told that it's all gratuitous sex and all that. So when these actresses who are supposedly... Uh, emancipated actresses who don't fit into the Bollywood scheme of things as such. So the three actresses are Serene Singh who's was Serene Chavla basically. Uh, so she's in it, then there's Tanishta Chatterjee and there's Radhika Apte. Now Tanishta and Radhika especially are known for their uh, like they are thinking people's actresses. So they are talented speak. actresses. Yeah. They have been working in alternative
1: cinema. They have been taking on roles that are experimental, that are challenging. Yeah. And let's be very clear that they are possibly among the best actresses in their generation. Yeah. And Radhika Apte, in particular has been able to do that sort of straddling of both slightly commercial and non-commercial mm. projects as well. Radhika Apte also stands out for not being queasy about And I'm putting this in double quotes that, uh, dear listener, you can't see, about exposing. Yeah, which is a good thing. That is a great thing because about time we stopped fetishizing the naked body. No, and
0: also the other, more than that, if you're showing a romance between two people, it's only in Hindi films where they don't kiss. They do everything like they'll sort of come near each other's. I don't know what kind of culture you come from, Rajasri Sen. I'm sorry, I'm very fallen. I'm Bengali after all. (laughs) we're We're very wild. So, but in part, they take it to the other extreme. So, I don't know. Again, I don't even know if it's an extreme. It's, it's just, not an extreme. It's just bizarre. We want you to watch this clip, which is given below. Please, it's PG thirteen. So No, don't no that. I don't know your, if it's
1: thirteen, but it's certainly
0: NSFW. Yeah, don't sit with your children and watch this scene. But uh, it is one of the most gratuitous nude scenes possible, and it's very sad that these two actresses had to do it. Not had to, they agreed to do it. No, I, don't I don't think anyone would hold a gun to their
1: heads. No, but here's the thing, right? When you're doing a film and you've made that commitment to it, then you're asked to do a certain scene and you trust your director to make this work and in the, the larger director scheme of is things. So this is a film directed by a woman. And it is kind of sad that we've had films directed by women which have given us rather vacuous and in this case slightly exploitative. Uh, shots. Now, I don't know if the whole film has more situations like this. I hope it doesn't. But seeing this clip really just completely turned me off the entire idea of putting my money into this film.
0: So, uh, the film has been directed by Leena Yadav, who has directed, uh, which should have given us the a uh, sign of what was to come in this film because it, her film was a classic. <laughs>
1: It's called Shabd, if you all have not
0: seen it, please, I don't know, get it from somewhere and watch it for a very big reason because Sanjay Dutt plays a Booker Prize winner In this and he wears a double breasted suit at home and sits at his desk, which has a beautiful collage in front of it of news clippings and so on and he's married to Eshwarya Rai who has an affair with Zayed Khan yep no one has had an affair with Zayat Khan in his life
1: so but judgmental
0: i'm very judgmental. I just want
1: to say when i was writing my novel i was wearing a double breasted suit and sitting at a collage collage
0: you had made a collage this i know so uh, what so this is leena yadav's ouvre. so <laughs> i can only say that parched must be a step better we hope So the trailer is out for one of uh, India's most awaited films. It actually is because this year Bollywood has had such a bad year. Yeah, and like Bridget Jones, even we have no irony anymore. So it is actually, it's Karan Johar's uh, film. He's directed it and written it. It is the film Aishwarya Rai should have acted in as her comeback, as we've said before. And uh, so she's looking like a million bucks, actually. And uh, she, plays Ran- she plays a character called Sabah. She plays a character called Sabah. Her co star is Anushka, who plays a character called Alize. And Ranbir Kapoor is named Ayan because why think outside your circle of friends while you're naming a character? Write what you know. Yeah, exactly. And the most important character of the film, who. And the man who shall not be yeah, named. because we also may get banned. Is more more problematic than you and me getting banned
1: is that I do not want to imagine this film without Fawad Khan's face.
0: You said it. Oh shucks. <laughs> so now the trailer doesn't really give much away, so you can't understand what we have realized because Ranbir Kapoor looks into the camera and he says, uh It's all about unrequited love, basically. I'm paraphrasing because I can't speak Hindi. And uh, it says that there's no greater love than unrequited love because that is something you have with yourself. Yeah, it sounded slightly masturbatory, frankly,
1: but that was just, I think it was unintentional. Yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, so what we've got is that Anushka and Ranbir are friends. Anushka is in love with Fawad. She calls off her relationship with Fawad. In the midst of all this, Ashwarya and uh, Ranbir not only get involved, we also see a little bit of necking. But there is a scene, and I'm going to bet my bottom dollar, dollar on it. Yeah, you need to finish that, that yeah, sentence. That, you don't yeah, not my bottom on it. That the back, we see someone's the back of someone's head. It's Ranbir talking to him, and that person is Shahrukh Khan and so i we think do, they are going to kill him off so we do know that sharukh khan has an appearance i don't know why you want to murder sharukh because khan. he is actually aishwarya's husband in the film and they'll kill him off and then because she's sad she will fall in love with ravi khan oh arya fawad is going back to pakistan Which brings us to... So, this is a massive issue. I mean, we're laughing about
1: it. But the fact is that there is actually a very serious call in this country to ask Pakistani singers and actors, basically those involved in the entertainment industry... Mm. To go back home, as it were. Yeah. Um. I think your suggestion that they should all be packed
0: off in a train. if No, I'm saying if they must go back, put them in a train. I'm I don't think <laughs> they should go back. That's all I'm saying.
1: MNS has already. Which is? Uh, Maharashtra Navnirman Sena. Which is uh, Raj Thakaris. It is indeed Raj uh, my, Thakaris. My friend. Your friend and buddy huh, and huh, pal. Uh, huh.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so MNS has already said that they are not going to allow ADHM to release because it has Fawad Khan in it. Yeah. Um, I think there's already a certain amount of damage control being done. So Fawad Khan has gone from being... Uh, he was always a special appearance, hmm. but he was very actively part of the promotion initially. Yeah. And they're already scaling back, understandably, because you don't want to take on the goons of hmm. MNS. Um, and they've taken his name off, you they, said. They don't have his name in the YouTube description. Anymore. Uh, which, when we'd seen it the first time, it, it was there. Hmm. And now it's basically just three people, Ranbir Kapoor, Aishwarya Rai, yeah. and Anushka Sharma. Um, I, d- do you think, I mean, obviously, there is a lot of angst about Pakistan right now. But does it really help in any concrete way to send these people back?
0: No, I feel that if you do any sort of, uh, it is sort of a ban on uh, Pakistani actors and uh, artists and so on, then you have to do a blanket ban across different spheres in which we interact with them. So whether it's sports, whether it's culture, whether it's media coming here, whether but you can't just have it against... actors and musicians because I don't see how that helps like there are like four actors at most who work here and some three singers or four singers so then you do a complete like we did the world did with South Africa when apartheid was there that there was a complete ban against any interaction with South Africa across various spheres Considering where geopolitical
1: uh, situations are right now I don't see our relationship between the two countries formally improving mm-hmm. anytime soon so that's not the reason to have cultural interaction in that sense for me there's two things one is that I don't think that these actors and singers and even sportsmen are in any way contributing to the terror industry. That's from a different sector in Pakistan altogether. But far more importantly, we look really ungenerous when we turn around and say, go home because you're a Pakistani actor. That's the kind of extremism that is expected from a far more fundamentalist state. My issue is simply that. Why are we
0: going to look bad? Because Pakistan supports terrorism. No, no. I still understand us taking that decision. If the government takes it, it- can't be because Raj Thackeray's stupid little party decided. That is what is worrying that a party which is known for Biharis are bad. Everyone is bad other than Raj Thackeray's own family. That let's throw this one out of the state, that one out. If Raj Thackeray's party is going to determine how, what our uh, ties with Pakistan are going to be, that is worrying. Then but the would, government takes a No, then if it's a government stand that you take, then it's a government stand. But would you, you be okay with the government stand that is promising by lumpen elements no that's what i'm saying i find it very sad that raj thackeray is the person who can tip our ties either which well,
1: way hopefully not
0: so last week
1: something stupendous happened <gasps> true it is true yeah <laughs> see there actually is no irony in yeah. this <laughs> the internet stopped for a second because angelina jolie announced that she and brad pitt are going to divorce
0: I don't know why everyone is surprised though because it's hardly like Hollywood celebrities are known for their long-lasting marriages. Like Meryl Streep is uh, touted as this, oh my God, she's been married for so long because it is shocking. Or, Or Helen Mirren or whoever. These are very rare cases and you do have a Kevin Bacon and so on, but most of them are not married to each other and that's why maybe it works because they, or Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, they've been together for 30 years and so on. But... Hollywood is known for its divorces as much as Bollywood is known for we'll have affairs with everyone, but we will not divorce each other.
1: Hypocrisy is the word yeah. we're looking for. Which is
0: why when Suzanne Khan uh decided to divorce Rithik Roshan, to me that was shocking because in Bollywood you do not these Bollywood wives also don't leave their husbands. Neither do the husbands. If they I think even the Roshans were in shock. But for Brad Pitt and What's her name? Angelina. I was going to call her Brangelina. Ah, I just felt like, okay, it was bound to happen. Who told them to get married two years back? Everything was going fine, no? Nobody told them to get married. And but she said I said mean... the kids told, okay, so this is the point. So the kids told them to get married. That was what they said, that our kids would like us to get married. That's why we have, that's two years back. Today, those very kids are the part which upsets me about the entire thing is that they are being used like little pawns right now that it's like a bargaining point that everything is fine but uh, Brad Pitt has not cheated on her she claims and uh, even though Daily Beast and TMC also which is the final word on gossip usually celebrity gossip has agreed with her that he was but Daily Beast had said that he was supposedly having an affair with Marion Cotillard and she'd set an investigator on him. And when she got the proof, then she finally filed for divorce. But what to me jars always with this is you have six children now, three from whichever country you went to, three from Biological children. Sunday, Brad Pitt has become an unfit father and he is not going to be allowed custody. That's what she wants, that no custody for them and of them. But he will be given visitation rights if he so chooses and if she so chooses as well. So I just find that a little sad that these are, like, you know, that's your bargaining because they don't have a money, monetary bargaining because they have a very tight prenup. It's right. very clearly cut. But
1: here's the thing, right? Um, he, her uh, her accusation against
0: him, one of them is that uh, the fear that he would have resorted to violence? No, first accusation was that he's too strict a disciplinarian. And she believes in free, like, feral children they can run around. How your judgment No, of no, feral she's, she's, children she's taken them out can... of school. Like, she said that he wants them to study in a certain... Like... He's so strict here's the with thing, them. it's
1: homeschool versus sending someone to a school. It's a certain kind of discipline versus another kind of discipline. It doesn't necessarily mean feral hippie children.
0: It's sort of hippie what no. I was reading. but No, the, you're assuming that, yeah, which but is the fair The uh, filing that is there, uh, what's been stated is that he's too strict a disciplinarian. And that his substance abuse and alcohol abuse... And she feared for the safety of the children. At the risk of being the black hole of fun, which we all know I Mm -hmm. am,
1: uh, I don't think these are bad grounds to limit uh, a person's access
0: to children. Yeah, but there's no proof that he has been because she said that it happened on the plane that he screamed and shouted. There's another person who has said that, no, this did not happen. Yes, but I mean, a court is
1: going to ask for these to be proved. I mean, it's not going to happen without proof. And just because she's filed for it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. That point I do take. But I don't think this will go in her favor if this is completely concocted fiction against Brad Pitt. Speaking of women who have been painted a certain way and then revealed themselves in a similar light as to that in which they were painted, Amanda Knox, who is my
0: big favorite, because I find her very intriguing.
1: But you confessed. Well, I didn't confess.
0: I was interrogated. They acted like my answers were wrong. They told me I was wrong
1: that I didn't remember correctly, that I had to remember correctly.
0: She sits on Raffaele's lap at the police station, playfully making faces. She tells Meredith's grieving friends that Meredith must have suffered. She had her effing throat cut. Sorry about that now. I could have been more sensitive.
1: So this is a a documentary that is coming out on Netflix on October 1st. And um, it has already been released in theatres. And the trailer is out. You can see the trailer. It's an extremely intriguing case. And this documentary has got excellent reviews. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. But why don't you tell us a little bit?
0: Yeah, so the uh, documentary has been directed by Brian McGinn and Rod Blackhurst. And they took around five years to make it. And what's interesting, so the case is basically in um, 2007, Meredith Kircher who was 21, and uh, Amanda Knox, who was her roommate, and this is in Perugia in Italy, Meredith Kircher was found brutally murdered. Like, she had been slashed up. It was a sexual crime. Her unclothed body was found with a sheet over it, though. Now, uh, what's her name? Amanda Knox came back to the house and she saw the body, but she didn't call the cops instantly. There's actually so much of video
1: evidence of everything on hmm. this case that it's almost uh, uncomfortably invasive. But uh, just to give the timeline of what you were talking and they're about. they're all
0: 21 year old Yeah, they're all yeah. in
1: their early 20s. So, uh, according to Amanda Knox, she was with her boyfriend Ryan the night Solicito. before. Ryan Solicito. Ryan Solicito. The night before, she spent the night at his place and in the morning, the next morning, which is basically the morning after Meredith Kircher was murdered hmm. as well, she returned to their home to take a shower. Hmm. Now, it didn't strike her as odd, really, that their front door was open and had been broken into. She also went in straight to the bathroom, she says, without looking into Meredith Kircher's room. She does admit that she saw flecks of blood on the tap in the bathroom. Didn't think anything of that either had her shower and it's when she was coming out of her shower that she heard a commotion because one of their neighbors... Which is the
0: guy who's been convicted, Rudy Gwed, his name is. So what was interesting, so Rudy Gwed walked in and he saw the body and there was this chaos that happened and then they all pretty much got arrested. It's worth keeping in mind
1: because... uh, because race plays such a big role in many of these yeah. situations, that Rudy Guid was Italian yeah. by nationality, but he was born in the Ivory Coast.
0: Huh, and he's a black man. Yeah. So now what happened is that when it was being investigated, so there was a lot of mess up happening in the sense that, and the documentary gets into that. The documentary is not like making of a murderer, or even the jinx, which we've spoken about before. This is not to prove her innocence. They don't get into that. They get into the media coverage, which fueled this uh, investigation and the Daily Mail. So there's, again, lack of irony. The Daily Mail journalist who covered this is there on camera saying how he painted her out to be. He said, I used the information I had in a certain way. And they get into the headlines that were there and so on. But Amanda Knox had in the beginning said that her boss, Patrick Lumumba, did it. But her boss had witnesses because he ran a bar and witnesses said he never left the bar. So it's odd why she said that, but she was 21.
1: There are a lot of questions with her testimony, which is why she's been repeatedly convicted. But at the same time, it isn't clinching evidence. Yeah, But
0: there's a line which... uh, I read in a review, which the Guardian review of the thing, where it said that it's a carefully balanced and frightening film with Knox a terrifyingly unknowing character at the Grizzly Center. Because after the entire documentary, you're not really sure that she didn't do it. And I think that she did.
1: And terrifyingly unknowing is a great phrase. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this documentary. October 1st, Netflix. So, I got up at 6.30 this morning like you. Yes. (laughs) It was not very satisfying as far as presidential debates go. But this ad that Audi RS7 has come up
0: with is kind of amazing. Yeah. Also, because it's only going to be shown. So, the ad's name is Dual. As in, not D-U-A-L, D-U-E-L. And it's only going to be shown during the three presidential debates. Those are the spots that they've uh, bought. It's been made by Venables, Bell and Partners. And it's been directed by Ringen levage Which basically sounds like a person who belongs in Hogwarts. Yeah. And he made this brilliant ad before this called The Three Little Pigs for Guardian, which we'll have the link to below, which is about how Guardian gets you the whole picture, but it's really well done. But this ad is so slick and it is like a film. The way they've shot it. It, is a, it is a film. It's I think it's two minutes or so. It's about two minutes, and it basically goes
1: backwards, a bit like a very disturbing film from the past called Irreversible. But uh, a yeah. woman and a man fighting, basically. Fighting. That's what you Brutally see. Brutally fighting, and it's by the end of it that uh, you realize what they're fighting for. And the
0: line is beautiful. Beautiful things are worth fighting for. Choose the next driver wisely.
1: And here's the thing right Trump constantly says It's a beautiful thing It's a beautiful thing Like I'm going to I'm going to make a new America And it'll be beautiful And that beautiful wall and that beautiful wall. <laughs> There's so many beautiful, yeah. incredible, brilliant things in no, Trump's so life.
0: This is what's... Uh, so this presidential campaign has had a lot of interesting videos, actually. So celebrities have come out. The Will and Grace team came out, came together again to do a Vote for Hillary video. We had Hillary all the had Avengers. Hillary had those ads. Hillary yeah.
1: had those uh, anti-Trump ads. Yeah. Which have really got under Trump's skin because he kept mentioning them in the debate.
0: Yeah, so, no, but watch this ad. This is really, it's fun, it's slick, and it's worth a watch.
1: It is, and uh, the thing is that there are 16 Easter eggs that are embedded in the uh, ad, so if you look very, very carefully, there are hints to the presidential debate peppered throughout the ad, and I'm going to give you a couple so that you can look out for them. There's a taco salad bowl, a little hint to Trump's oh. love for Mexico. Um, there's an elephant ice sculpture. The elephant being the Republican insignia kind of symbol. Um, one of the, When they're on the roof, it says presidential tar behind yeah. them. Um, there's also another part where they're fighting on the wall. There's a photograph of an elephant and a donkey. And the donkey is the Democrat animal. So there are all of these little things there. So that's about five. So there are about 10 more. Um, Keep watching and keep looking for them. Right. So we're down to that part of the podcast when we start winding up, which means it's question time and answer time in terms of answers. I had asked last week if... Ellen Page is an American actress. I'm happy to report most of you are aware of the fact that she's actually a Canadian actress. Samir Gaudi Akshay Sai Aniket Kumar Shayoni Indu Dhanesh Vatsa. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. And let's see whether you can tell us the answer to this week's question. Now, uh, next week, very exciting. We have Chetan Bhagat. Who is going to be part of our show because we're going to do a little interview with him. And this is with relevance to his upcoming book. Yes, One Indian Girl. Indeed. Now, <laughs> there is one thing that Mr. Bhagat did in order to get into the soul of the Indian woman. Because he's nothing if not dedicated. Indeed. So you need to tell us what that one thing is. What did Chetan Bhagat do to understand what it's like? to be an Indian woman. Send us your answers at contact at newslaundry.com and remember when the public pays the public is served and when corporations pay corporations are served that's why you should subscribe to independent news media like us because we are awesome and uh, non-independent news media is awful. On that happy note um, thank you Miss Sen. Thank you Miss Paul. It's a wrap. All News Laundry podcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.